Welcome to the Sport Evangelist Podcast. I am your host, Tavo Styles in Sinorang, and joining me today is Patrick Nelly. Patrick is a founder and president of International Federation Mesh Poker. Patrick is, all, is also known as the founding father of sports marketing. But today I won't be focusing too much on his prowess as the founding father of sports marketing. We'll be talking about the Olympic sport of poker. I met Patrick, I think, in 2010, yes. Is it right, Patrick? That is correct, at the World yes. Cup in South Africa. In, at the World Cup in met. South Africa. Yeah. Remember at that restaurant when you were sitting with my, my very best friend, Petro, and then we just, by God's grace, we just bumped into you. I was with my younger brother. And ever since then, we have never uh, stopped talking. We've been talking about a lot of things, including the, the sport of poker. Correct. Yes, and today, I just want you, Patrick, to tell us uh, who you are and what you do and what is uh, International Federation Mesh Poker, of Mesh Poker. Okay, well, just a little background about myself. Um, I got involved in sports marketing many, many years ago before sports marketing actually existed. I and a partner called Peter West, who was a BBC sports correspondent, set up a company to start using sport as a means of communication. And we were quite successful in England to start with, but then became recognized internationally. And I was given the challenge of taking a very minor federation back in those days called FIFA, uh, when a new president had been elected, um, FIFA didn't have any real understanding of its rights. It didn't make very much money. It was in rented offices in Zurich. And cut a long story short, I showed FIFA, created for FIFA, a very significant marketing program to take soccer into Asia and Africa through a development program sponsored by Coca-Cola. I then created the World Youth Tournament for the Coca-Cola Cup. And then having realized that FIFA didn't understand their rights for the World Cup, I managed and packaged the whole of the World Cup in Argentina in 1978, which then led on to me creating a significant marketing program, which as we've seen has generated substantial riches for FIFA over the years showing them the way to how to market their sport on the global stage. I was fortunate enough to be able to do that also with the Olympics, creating the Olympic marketing program. And I've been involved with many sports, be it ITF tennis with Davis Cup, creating World Athletics Championships with the IAAF, also the World Rugby Cup with rugby. So I have a long, deep history and involvement with international sports federations and how they market their rights. And now um, I'm the president of the International Federation of Match Poker, which despite me originally being resistant, I can see as a very important sport. It's um, very educational. It teaches risk assessment, mathematics. Uh, it helps social engagement. And I'm very interested that now the world has become more digital 
that I'm working with a digital sport that is now gradually being recognized. And as you said, may hopefully be an Olympic sport in the very near future. Wow, that's, that's, that's quite great and quite an interesting story there. I, I listened to Michael Payne uh, a week ago. He was with uh, I Work in Sport with Joao. I think you've also been in, on an interview with uh, Fregi, Fregiero. Correct. Joao Fregiero. Yes, I have indeed. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and I, was, I was so amazed to hear the stories, your story, how you took all these international federations from where they were, together with Michael Payne, when he joined you at a young age. You also started West Nelly at a very young age. And you seem to have this kind of knack, if I can say it, of starting things and then seeing them to fruition and then flourishing. Like we know that is ever since you started with FIFA, that's what you told me the, the other day, that you, the sponsorship, the first sponsorship that you, you look for was that of Adidas. And Adidas has never left its partnership with, with FIFA. No, well, the, as Peter West and I started working um, on putting corporate companies together with sports for um, market, marketing yeah. objectives, I was approached by Adidas, by then the um, owner, Horst Dazzler, the son of the founder. And it was Horst that introduced yeah. me to the international sports federations like FIFA, like IAAF, like the IOC, because he wanted to try and help them because uh, obviously it strengthened his relationships politically with these important federations. So, yeah, he introduced me and I then worked with all of these federations to show them how they should better structure themselves, how they could make themselves attractive um, to the commercial um, world. And, of course, the, the history is there for the um, uh, looking in terms of, you know, we were extremely successful as these programs, both with FIFA and the IOC, are still very solid today. But you're right. I started as a very young man. I think um, when I was invited to set up West Nelly with Peter West, I was of the tender years of 19. So um, when I went to negotiate wow. with the um, military junta in Argentina to get rights control for the first World Cup I was involved in in 78, I was a very young, nervous man, a young man negotiating with... <laughs> big military individuals. Um, so, yeah, it was a big, big, big learning experience. Yeah. No, it, it, indeed, indeed. Anyway, now, now we're here, Patrick. We are now talking about the International uh, uh, Federation of Mesh Poker. What gave you the idea that uh, poker could be a sport? I know that most of us know poker to be a gambling sport. And I know the, the process that we have taken, the journey that has taken you uh, up to the, where we are now, to the level that the, the games, uh, is it games, what is it, games federations? The, um, the Mind Sports decided, Federation. Yeah, Mind Sports. The, yeah, the Mind yeah. Sports Federation decided that they will, they will help you to, to join the Olympic family. How did you see the potential in this sport? How did you decide to say, okay, now we can advocate for poker to be a game that can even be recognized 
at international I level. think the initial instance of me being asked if I would help set up a International Federation of Poker was negative because I, like most people, just perceive poker as something to do with gaming and gambling. But I was fortunate enough to be actually um, at a presentation meeting where I was speaking at Harvard in the United States. And I met the head of the Harvard Law School, a wonderful professor called Charlie Nesson. And Charlie Nesson ran a thing called the Global Poker Thinking Society. And he explained to me that if you wanted to be taught law at Harvard, you would have to play poker because poker was integral in your teaching. It taught you courtroom procedures. It taught you risk assessment. It taught you to bluff. It taught you, you know, mathematics, as I've said, and um, social skills and having to deal with people. Um, and he obviously explained to me that poker was misunderstood in that people thinking it was just to do with gaming and gambling was not correct, that it's like chess and bridge and drafts, but even more significant than those sports because of the, the amount of variations and the amount of um, uh, mental activity that it requires. And therefore, he became a great advocate of mine to set up an international federation for poker, but not to base it upon what you would say conventional gaming poker, but to make it a team sport, to level up the playing field so that people play the same cards in the same sequence so there is no luck. It, it, it's all skill-based. So people are going to be judged entirely on their skill, not on any form of luck. So we created a form of poker which is called match poker. Match poker is a team sport. You can play twos, four, sixes in any numbers, but it is a team sport. It is very transparent because we don't actually have cards or chips. We use uh, digital, we use computers, we use mobiles so that everything can be stored, hand logs, everything can be checked. Um, we have obviously strong competitions, nations against nations, clubs against clubs. So it was more the understanding that here you have a very uh, interesting mind sport, mind as a muscle um, that had great um, academic uh, qualities that I thought, well, my goodness, Millions of people know how to play the basic game of poker. If we can present this in a very competitive manner, in a very, very open manner, uh, all skill-based, it's going to be very, very popular, which, of course, it is, because we see everywhere around the world, young people you know, don't want to be linked with gaming gambling. They want to be skillful. They want to be able to brag that they're better than their um, uh, friends and so therefore match poker is becoming a very very competitive sport In, interesting so now because you're talking about that you, you're taking it across the globe the game across the globe what what development programs do you have for for your members because as you as you would assume or some of us especially here in in, in africa or maybe even in other parts of europe there are some people who don't play poker. Do you have programs where you teach, you develop young ones to play the game of poker, you come up with coaches who can teach the young ones, or even the the, the, the umpires? I don't know whether it's called umpiring when, when you 
the the arbiters or whoever take care of the game? What 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 this, the development structure? Just the development structure. Obviously, developed a sophisticated gameplay system so that every national federation, through their clubs, their leagues, their membership, has access to the gameplay so they can set up their own tournaments, their own structures, have access to the hand logs, which will give ranking because everybody that plays and continues to play, uh, we have the hand logs and therefore we can see exactly how skillful they are, which helps a national federation select their national team. We obviously teach the teachers in terms of the tournament directors. We like all our events where possible to be live, like any other sport, and therefore there needs to be an official. So we have online teaching sessions to teach people uh, the basic structures to how to use the software, how to supervise events. We obviously also teach them about training programs, also about being water compliant because obviously we are water compliant and therefore drug testing at certain levels need to be part of our system. So yes, we are like any other international federation that provides through its national federation all of the teaching, all of the resources, all of the access to the information that they need to help them build a solid, established sport within their own country. Oh, that's, that's great. And now, do you your membership, I see that your membership is... Uh, grown tremendously. How many nations do you have? And how many among those nations are African uh, nations? We, we've been quite successful in that we're growing now close to 70 nations. The largest group coming from Europe, um, followed by Asia. But we are beginning to grow quite well in the Americas. We've only just started now in Africa. Africa hasn't as yet been a major supporter, but we anticipate that they will be. We're hoping that Botswana will um, field a team of six players to play in a six-by-six six tournament later this year when players from Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa, Morocco and Cameroons will hopefully join Botswana on the first African Nations event. And obviously the winner of that event will go forward to our annual Nations Cup event, which will be next year. So, yes, Africa is uh, an area that we are concentrating on now to build. I think we need to get people to understand exactly what we are, why we're a sport, get away from their concerns that we've got anything to do with gaming and gambling, which we haven't. But it is clearly a game of skill, now supported by Gay from the IOC. So, yes, we're now looking for recognition and participation throughout most of the African markets. Okay. And this means, so what you are telling me, this means that next year you, are not, you, you won't be part of next year Olympic Games in, in Tokyo? No, the earliest I would think that there is a chance to be involved will probably be in Los Angeles in 28 because Paris have already selected the additional sports that they're keen to have involved in Paris. So our timing is to continue to get our recognition letters, to get our national federations established, to work with GAFE and the IOC with the possibility that we'll go through the process and be able to join the Olympic family in time for the Los Angeles Olympics because, you know, let's be quite candid, poker is in the DNA of the Americans. So what a good, a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know that... I, I was in class with boys who, who were from the United States and they liked 
playing the game of poker and by that time I didn't have an idea of what the sport really, how the sport is played. And I did not have that interest because, like we have been saying, we've just regarded it as a, a gambling sport, a game uh, gambling. But now we are, we are here and we are, we, are, we are seeing great things about, about poker. How many tournaments have you, you played so far uh, since your well, formation? We've been, over the last um, eight, nine years, we've had Nations Cup every year. We've also now, because of the scale of memberships, we have qualification events. We've had European Championships being hosted that lead through to Nations Cup. We've had Asian Nations Cup. We've had um, Americas now. So um, we're getting, uh, obviously, our annual event being the Nations Cup, but we're having more and more regional events established and obviously national federations are now creating more and more events of their own in their locality. So, yeah, like any sport, you know, we will be having people playing back poker competitively on a continuous basis. Oh, good. Good. So in the countries where you have been, the reception has been good, I, I, I presume. Yes, it takes um, a little bit of time for people to understand who and what we are, which is why we want this six-nation tournament in Africa hosted in a way that it will give the media, it will give um, the National Olympic Committees, the sports ministries, as well as other parties the chance to see how the event is hosted, how we have fan fests, how we can stream, how it's very interesting as people uh, look at the hand logs and see how different people are playing the same hands in, in a different manner. So our event will obviously uh, give everybody a lot of comfort and understanding and then after that I think the sport will grow quite rapidly. Indeed. If, uh, we, I, I just hope that it will catch up very quickly in Africa as it has caught up in, in Europe. And as I have promised you, I, I'm not going to let you down, don't, don't worry. As I promised you, I will, I will also try to help you to see that the sport of, of poker is grown in the region, in, in Africa. Do you have any last words for Africa regarding, regarding the game of poker? And can you also emphasize on, on the, because the aspect that, that I like most is that now it is used in different things, like you have a professor who said it's used for risk analysis and, and stuff like that, which means it's better than bridge, the game of bridge and the game of, of chess, in terms of the thinking that has to be applied by, the, by those who are playing. Just the last well, it's certainly, yeah, it's certainly helpful for young people because even with you know not only risk assessment but mathematics, but social social capital, improving yeah. the social interaction. So, from an, an academic educational point of view, it's very positive. But the other thing, of course, with the dreaded COVID that we've all had to face, because we're digital and people can't travel, we can use. Um, video conferencing platforms and run our tournaments with the individual players in the security of their own home or in their own area, um, which is obviously very, very important because currently we're the only officially recognised digital, completely digital sport. So although we are wanting to get back to live events, 
the fact that we are digital does mean that under the difficult circumstances that we are currently facing, we can organise everything online through a video conferencing platform and have our national events and our International Nations Cup events uh, in a very safe safe COVID manner. Now, that's obviously very beneficial as well. So the combination of the academic aspects as well as the um, digital aspects means that our sport has a very, very significant future and I think will be significantly embraced in Africa once they understand exactly what it is that we're doing. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much, Patrick. We have come to the, to the end of, of, of this interview. And if you don't have anything to say, I would like to thank you very much. And I hope to see you again very soon when you come to launch the game of poker in, in Botswana. Well, we're looking forward to working in Botswana with you as soon as we possibly can. Th so take care. Thank you very much, Patrick. Thank you. Take okay, care. Bye. Okay, bye.